I am Sam J. Jones, Flash Gordon. Okay. Oh, okay. excuse me. That's okay. It's been a long day. <laughs> the dome always does that to me. Okay. It's good to be seen. It really is. And you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me too easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It will make a duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give me witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. From our virtual habitat and pseudo studio deep in the underground living quarters, we're proud to present Summer is Over, a Weather Channel retrospective of some schmuck reciting temperatures for the past month here in Area 51. Hello and welcome to TalkCast 287, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Enjoying a mild headache from way too much heat and, and, and some chafing. I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, the rest of the gang of five. Well, four, because somehow Java is missing once again. We don't know why. I think it has something to do with an arrest. From the narcotics. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It probably isn't, but it could be. In the Revere Time Vortex, the technical anarchist button pusher to the stars. For those of uninformed peasants, she just enjoys pushing people's virtual buttons. Her own girl genius, Kriana. Peasants equals everyone else. From the stacks of her personal space in the Dank Dungeons Log Cabin Clone Garden, this week featuring salted kale nuts in the gift shop, it's uh, the Zombrarian. I have a bobby pin on my nose. And from a galaxy further away than it's possible, and yet not, the woman in chainmail, if there's a sci-fi book she hasn't read, was probably written by a man, Sir Sarah Lady Knight. I got my Peggy Carter Funko in the mail today. Oh, and there, we should have pictures of it up on the web, so make sure you send it to Zombrarian. Oh, well, you can just take it from my Instagram. Or we can just take it from her Instagram. Joining us in the second half of the show is uh, Tyler James, and Alex Cormack was supposed to be with us, but... Evidently is is no no, uh, no 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 don't throw him under the bus. I'm throwing him under the bus. Invited to be with us, and he has not yet confirmed or declined. But we remain optimistic. Oh, or there's that. <laughs> he does have a baby, and those things are notoriously unpredictable. Thanks for the information. There. Yeah, maybe it has cradle cap. You don't know. <laughs> Tyler James and Alex Cormack like from Oxymoron, The Loveliest Nightmare, which, by the way, is an absolute creep fest. Thank you so much, Tyler. Really appreciate that. Invest in uh, a nightlight and you'll be all right. Yeah, evidently. That's what it takes. And I also, one of my Ikea ones that definitely hasn't been recalled for burning down houses. Yeah. What? Nothing. <laughs> And joining us right now at the top of the show, Chris Prue, the ringmaster of Double Midnight Comics and Granite Con, which is now, oh my God, two weeks away? Less than two weeks away. We're like nine days away. It's crazy. Holy crap. I'm not ready. 
Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah. So, what's new in your life? Anything going on? <laughs> yeah, you know, just uh, showing up all these last-minute details, getting the show ready. So, but uh, so, we're uh, we're in good shape. I think we're having a great show. So, what's new between last week and this week? What what new exciting things have happened? Uh well, we brought in uh, Andy Blander, uh, who's the artist of Southern Cross. Uh, if you guys haven't checked that out, it's. Um, Comics from Ridge Comics. It's got a sci-fi slant to it. It's uh, written by Becky Coonan, who's a uh, New Hampshire uh, you know, product from New Hampshire. So uh, we're excited to have Andy down for uh, for the show, and he's going to be co-hosting uh, the Saturday Night Drinking Draw that we're hosting at uh, Ignite Bar and Grill that's happening. So that all kind of came together this week. And then, uh, you know, we're just getting all of our ducks in a row. We just put up our, uh, our photo opportunities with uh, Billy D. Williams, so that's getting close. I'm getting psyched for that. Uh, you know, big Star Wars fan. So it's going to be awesome to meet Lando and get a picture taken with him. So people can do that as well. This is you know, a little Star Wars movie coming out this year. Yeah, I mean, it's no big deal, right? Just some silly little Star yeah. Wars movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No big mm -hmm. deal. So what's different this year? I mean, you know, every year there's something incredibly different. Uh, what have we got going on this year that we haven't done before? Well, uh, I think our um, we've got kind of our biggest uh, celebrity lineup, and it's kind of more diverse. Like last year, we did a we had a whole Game of Thrones thing going on, and the year before, we brought in a bunch of uh, cartoon voice actors. And this year, we kind of just decided to go with a bunch of different things. So we had, you know, film actors, TV actors. Uh, it's kind of all over the place, so that way there's something for everybody. So, and uh, we expanded the uh, expanded our exhibit space to fit more people in. So there's a uh, you know more to you know, more vendors and more artists to check out this year, which is great. What a terrible idea that is! More vendors, know, more right? artists. Mm -hmm. I tell you, I have more fun with the vendors there than anything else because it's it's not like most conventions where all the vendors are together in one spot and all the artists are pushed together in another spot. Everybody's yeah. all together. And that, that mm -hmm. makes the show, uh, oh, yeah. less tiring, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause there's always, you know, some, something new and uh, different to see as you kind of walk around. So for those listeners, and there shouldn't be any of them who haven't been to, uh, Granite con before, uh, there's so much to do and see at a very, very reasonable price. First of all, what's the admission price for a single-day admission? Uh, well, it's uh, $25 at the door or uh, $40 for the weekend. Uh, you can actually it's a little bit cheaper if you buy them online in advance. So just a word to the wise. But, uh, yeah, I think we're, you know, we're really uh, affordably priced, you know, especially if you got to bring a crew along with you. So you got uh, it's a really fun show to bring the kids too because we got so many like costume characters and costume groups that come. So you know, we've got the kids con that goes along with it, so that's included. And uh, so it's a great way to you know, a great way to bring uh, a family out for some uh, affordable uh, entertainment. Not only affordable entertainment, but honest, honest to goodness, I really think that buying from artists and your vendors there is one of the more reasonable conventions ever. Oh, 
and I and, and I don't know why that is. It just yeah. you know I I'm, we're not getting capped for forty dollar a day parking, <laughs> and that happens yeah, yeah. in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you if you park on the main streets of Manchester on Sunday, you'll uh, you'll get uh, there's no charge for parking. So that's another little well, insider that's, that's tip: park on the street where it's located. Then you know. Oh yeah, absolutely mm -hmm. it is. But I mean, it's also just the fact that uh, it's supposed to be a great weekend. It's mm -hmm. and uh, you know you have the whole outdoor area in front of the uh, in front of the main pavilion there. Yep. It, it's just a, a, a nice spot. My question is, how much longer are you going to be able to stay there? Because mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, bigger our plans are, our plans are going to stay there. You know, our plans are to stay at the Radisson. You know, there's we've got some. You know, we got some things we can kind of do to kind of work. You know, work with the space that we have. Because um, believe it or not, the Radisson is like the biggest convention space in the state. So, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you don't have yeah. a lot of choice so. if you'd like to stay in New Hampshire. Which, mm -hmm. yep. you know, so we're, we're gonna we're name, gonna make it work. So with your name, yeah, may, may be the primary objective. Yes. <laughs> so it's a, it's kind of a challenge. You guys are superheroes at, at puzzle piecing this convention together to maximize mm -hmm. the fun. Yeah. Yeah, and we've. We've already got a plan, you know, what we're going to do next year to kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, maximize what we've got. So we've got we've got plans for the next couple of years. So now on top on top of having the main pavilion area and mm -hmm. uh, all those things going on, you have a number of panels, Q and A sessions, and yep. Uh, yep. other things going on throughout both days. On mm -hmm. on Saturday, you have your Billy D. Williams Q and A going on at noon. An aliens yep. panel at one thirty, uh, mm -hmm. dorks and dungeons, which is, is that the group from Portsmouth? Yes. Yep. yep. Yeah, there's an improvisational uh, D and D group, which is quite funny mm -hmm. actually, and your yep. and, and your costume contest uh, mm -hmm. that evening. It's a big draw. Yep. That's a huge mm -hmm. draw. Plus, plus you have a bunch of smaller workshops going on throughout the day as well. In a gaming tournament? Yeah, this year... What's up? The game, the games. Don't forget the games. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have, a, we, have, we have a big game room with a game library and game demos. And uh, there's also a video game room that's happening. So uh, there's stuff happening on both sides of the hotel, which is great. So talk to me about the Inebri Life Draw. That's uh, kind of like a, uh, you know, life... Um, live uh, model kind of drawing class. So uh, what's kind of neat is this year we opened it up to fan-submitted panels. So if you have an idea for a, you know, a cool panel, like, hey, I really want to do a thing on how to mold Stormtrooper masks or something like that, you can put that in there and then you know, he kind of puts your credentials like, oh, I've made like 1,000 Stormtrooper masks or whatever. And you know, uh, we take all those fan submissions and we kind of you know, uh, pick out our favorites and what we think will make for interesting programming. And then we, uh, we cover those throughout the weekend. And that happened to be one of the ones that the guys, uh, um, Mike and Andy put together and they're going to do that on Saturday. Oh man, I should have put in my Elvish class. <laughs> you could. I used to. Every single always, year. There's always next year. Huh? There is always next year. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And, and Zombrarian <laughs> could teach how how to knit a brown coat or a Jane hat. We could do a Jane hat knitting class. That'd be fun. Nope. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no. Nope. Why? I'm very bad at teaching people how to knit. Oh, I'm very good at it. Because totally I'm like, you just put the thing in the thing, and then you do the thing, and then you're knitting. <laughs> Why don't you get and it? Then you get although, the thing. although she's true, she did try to teach me how to knit, and I threw the yarn across the room like six times before I just said "fuck it" and went on YouTube. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. just be like, "Here, watch these YouTube videos while I go have a snack." <laughs> yeah. That'd be my knitting class. Zombarian's knitting class, the one. Now, Chris, talk to me one more time. Uh, if parents have kids, and, and we know that kids... Parents notorious, have kids? That's right, Wayne. Parents what? have little kids. How does this happen? Mm -hmm. Well... First, oh, no, no. no. <laughs> this is not a discussion we're having. <clears throat> no. We have a whole uh, segment of the convention called the Kids Con, which yeah. is run by Emily Druin. And what's going on in there all day? So Emily is awesome, and she has her own comic, Headless Comics, and uh, she does this kids con that she does at a bunch of conventions uh, in New England, and she puts together like, you know, there's a, a time for like a little coloring contest. She she does some art classes, and there's face painting, and you know some of the some of the uh, costume heroes from the Hero Army are gonna come by and like, you know, have like a a photo session with kids kind of like off the, you know, it's, it's a little bit off the, the convention floor, which I, which I think is nice because it's a way to kind of get away with the kids a little bit because they get overwhelmed with everything going on in, in the expo hall. So, so it's sort of kind of mini convention off to the side that, you know, the kids can enjoy. They get a break. They do something that, you know, they really want to do, you know, whereas they might not want to shop around all day. So, Daddy, um, why are you looking at comic just, books again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. I go buy me something. Yeah, so that's right. Uh, yeah, it's great. Can I have a sword? <laughs> Can I have a sword? <laughs> Can I have a sword? <laughs> sure. No, that's what you guys do anyway. You walk around the whole convention doing crap like that. Oh my god. No, no. <laughs> see, here's the difference. I just buy the sword. Yeah, good point. You do. Also, we've never bought a sword. That you know of. No, just to buy him a sword. Yeah. No, 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 no. Challenge if, accepted. If we didn't buy them swords during the Game of Thrones one, we're not doing it now. That's all there is to Challenge accepted. Oh, God, here we go. That's so, right. Here so we are nine days away, September mm -hmm. 12th and 13th, at the yep. Radisson Center of New Hampshire, <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. in Manchester, New Hampshire, 10 a.m. Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday, mm -hmm. the time of your life. It's it's a great local event. Wait, what time does it end on Saturday? I think it ends at like 5.30 or 6 oh, on Saturday. Yeah, the hall closes at 6, but like some of the events go after, afterwards. Like there's an after party. Oh, that, that's And then, like I said, the aforementioned drink and draw, and you know, some of the stuff goes past the 6 o'clock, but it's most of everything, you know. <laughs> I, I don't like this new trend of, of the convention floors being open till like seven, eight o'clock at night. It drives me crazy. And running for three days, which oh is just God. an exhausting situation. Yeah. Days, I get so tired. You know, the less you mm -hmm. exhaust your people, the more money they're going to spend. Well, I mean, like we also have like sixteen yeah. people at our table, so it's really easy for us to like get up and walk around and take a break. Think about if you're an artist, 
It's mm-hmm. just that one person has no health, and they don't even get to pee for 12 hours, basically. Or as if they you do, know. you don't want to know about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Clever use of Gatorade bottles. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to talk Java about it. Java got here somehow. I was going to say, Java got here. <laughs> when did that happen? I don't know. Oh, just, just a minute ago. Nice job sneaking in, Java. That he'll admit. It's exactly, one of my skills. Exactly on time to make a joke about peeing. So Chris, we'll see you next weekend at yes. GraniteCon. And you guys uh, there. looking forward to interviewing you once again. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, yes. my friend. We'll do our yeah. annual fireside GraniteCon chat. Absolutely. All right. I think maybe you okay. and Shadonda this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Very we'll good. see you next weekend, my friend. All right. See you next weekend. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. And that was our GraniteCon update. We should have some music for that, but clearly we don't. We don't. It should be rock. It should be rock. It should be the final countdown. But that would be... That would be... We'd have to pay for it. So, no, we can't use that. My brain is singing it right now while she's muted. (laughs) She knows I can hear it. I know. So before we get to Tyler James, a quick look at the news. Getting so good at that. Delusions of competency. Good job. Well, this week, uh, we unfortunately have to start with the news that legendary horror director Wes Craven died this week at the age of 76. Yes, he did. Like, which one? Brianna, you're making yourself sound dumb. Stop well, it. Well, I don't pay attention to who directs things unless it's M. Night Shyamalan, so I don't watch it. <laughs> or J.J. Abrams, so you don't exactly. watch it. Don't watch it. Exactly. Yes, Wes Craven, unfortunately, had a long battle with brain cancer, died in Los Angeles on Sunday. You think that's why he was a horror director? Do you think it had something to do with his brain tumor? No, you know what? I don't, actually, (laughs) because he's been around forever doing stuff like this. Right, but who knows how long that tumor has been there, pressing on who knows which neuron. Okay. Creepy, isn't it? Kriana, name a film that Wes Craven did. Um, Evil Dead. No. Damn it. Was I close? Not even. Damn it. Nightmare on Elm Street. There you go. That was kind of close. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's that the one is, that everybody knows, right? That is the one that everybody knows. There's like three or four dozen other ones, but that's the one everybody goes back to because that was kind of one of the seminal horror films. Ew, of, you can't use that word. I just used that word. No, never again. And <laughs> it spawned a whole bunch of other movies that were absolutely horrible. Well, as in horror type or just horrible? No, just horrible. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was, there was. Uh, yeah. So anyhow, you know, as as every director, there were there were incredibly good movies. He was lucky to have incredibly good movies. Uh, and Nightmare on Elm Street was the one. Uh, he will be missed. He died at at seventy six. He's pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's not looking very old these days. Craven. 
I know, I'm a terrible person. I'm fine with that. <sighs> In any case, what else did we want to talk about this week, cats and kitties? Um, Ready Sub Player Smash One Wars. has a. Whoa. Sorry. Sorry. I don't. I'm on my phone, so I can't see. Um, tons of casting details coming out for Ready Player One. Yes. Um, yes, and and interesting ones as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of, uh, uh, of the young lady who's currently on uh, Bates Motel. The one whose name is right there in the document. Olivia no, Cook? that's not her. Olivia Cook. Thank you, Olivia Cook. Who is also up for the third name? Who I don't really know who she is, but uh, she's up possibly with Tatiana Maslany and Gina Rodriguez for the next Star Wars movie. Oh wow, that would be a horrible, horrible but, cast. But it might only be one of them. You sounded serious, don't. No, well I'm not because. Uh... They're all terrific actresses. Just I, I want them. I want it to be all of them. I don't. Well, well, I, don't I don't just... know. I don't know who Olivia Cook is really. Um, but I want the other two. I, I want Tatiana and Gina. I don't want or. I want and. I wonder if that can happen. I doubt that it can. But I wonder. If well, there can. There, don't you know that there can only be one main woman in a franchise? It's like well, the clearly that is the new rule, yes, and I'm um, not sure why. I want to go back to Ready Player One just for a yes. second, though, because I and I want to try to discuss this one character without giving too many spoilers in case you haven't read the book. But there's a character who I will be very interested to see if they cast this person, um, in a manner that is. <laughs> Are they no, black in, a in the book? In the that what, that, like, what? Are you are you seeing if they're gonna whitewash it or what? Yeah, I'm wondering if they're gonna well not just whitewash it. Like I can think of one actress right now who I would be like, guess that person. A black woman? No, 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 no. that ain't happening. That that will and never it, happen. Here, well, and you have to hear me out when I say this. Okay, let's hear her out, ladies. Okay, and I think that. If you've read the book, you'll know who I'm talking about. And if not, just go with it. I think that they should cast Raven of Cosby Show slash That's So Raven. Is that her real name? Raven yeah. Simone, yeah. Raven yeah. Simone is her real name. Yes. And I think Savage that she names her child Raven. Someone I... awesome. <laughs> Uh-oh. Dome and Java as the other people. Java, cast... what's your small human's name? Um, not Raven. <laughs> wow, that's a but funnier it... name than Raven. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, Dome and Java, as other people who've read the book, yeah, would yeah. she or would she not be pretty perfect for that part? I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen her in anything. It, it might, yeah, it's a very, that's a very workable casting. I feel I, like I that she's the only person who, like, the only established actor who would be perfect for that part but i still have my reservations about that book as a movie in any case you know well, it's it's so it's so hard to imagine it becoming a movie as opposed to like armada armada is going to make a great movie 
It, very, it could. Yeah, it has every possibility of it. I don't know. I really don't. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold reservations. It's it's Steven Spielberg, right? Mm-hmm. Oh God, not that guy. Guys, can you have a link for this anywhere? Wait, Steven Spielberg. No, I know Steven Spielberg. It was on Slash Film. Right I'm there, sorry, yeah. I'm not. I'm on my phone, so I can't pull it up. But um, it. I, I, I have a lot of reservations about it, but they seem to be very excited about it. And the casting seemed, and I just glanced at it earlier today, it seemed like there were some interesting choices that I'm not very familiar with. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. And, and, you know, in like in the case of Suicide Squad, you know, the casting choices might work for that particular movie i don't what, know for, for suicide squad or? no for for uh ready player one yeah uh you know i i read the book. i didn't see suicide squads casting coming i didn't see those people in those roles uh, no, Jared not, Leto, no. i didn't see i didn't see him as joker and and yet the i mean there's something going on there i'm happy I with it, it. i don't know what it is you know uh, what though i will you know, say you know nobody should be the next joker Matt Damon. You know who's. Sh- you no, know ben who Affleck. Are- ben Affleck. He's perfect for it. He no, could. No ben- wait. Oh Matt. God. No. Ben Affleck as joke as Joker, and Matt Damon as Harley Quinn. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Watch that movie. Yes. Would- You're a genius. Absolutely. I would watch that movie. You you need you need to be a casting director. That's all there is Clearly. to it. Let's, let's let's gender bend Harley Quinn because I mean. Do it. You know. You know who would make a great Joker just based on her mouth? Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) I'm so serious. I'm 100% serious. Can you see that? You can. I would would love that. That's a watchable cast right there. Absolutely. We're we're brilliant. Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon. This is happening, people. Of course, nobody thought that Heath Ledger was going to be a good Joker, and then he was a kick-ass Joker. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. No, No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. No. I agree. I, Mark Hamill not. is the only Joker. Okay, truth. But. Oh, oh my goodness, he is such a good Joker. <laughs> He's the only Joker. Like I literally don't care about anything else. Like you could, I don't care. I don't care about any other iteration of the Joker. I do care about the Tim Burton slash Michael Keaton Batman movies, but mainly for other reasons. But like, if you want me to care about any Joker character, it's Mark Hamill, and everything else is yeah. Everything else is just relevant. You know, uh, in in Steven Spielberg news, uh, Under the Dome was canceled, so that only ho- that happened to you. That was still your, going on. That and and that means late. no more jokes about me. Thank you. All right. We haven't but, made those in like a year at least. It's uh, true. Thank God. Well, Why you know, me? we've been we've been watching it, and and it's just been really bad. We it's been enjoyed- really bad. <gasps> oh, you know what was the worst? Oh my God. Did nobody's none of us are watching Falling Skies anymore, are we? I, I saw the first episode with. and then stopped. Yeah, I never saw it to begin with. I so. was never watching that ever. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's a reason I you know what I did the first episode. For the past month, they have been working towards this big, wonderful ending. That no one and, saw. And the ending was last Sunday's final episode. Five seasons I stuck with this. It's been on that long. And, and the case yeah. was canceled after 13 episodes. <laughs> Everyone yeah. go sit in a corner. 
You are done. So I set, I set the DVR for stun so that I could watch it. I sat down Monday morning at like 5 o'clock. Did you just a say you set your DVR to stun? Go sit. I was ignoring just, that. I was just going to let it go. Go sit in the corner. And I just watched it. And I went, you bastard. This is what I waited for? Wait, wait, was it by J.J. Abrams? I'm so serious. No, I'm not. I wish it had been. Then I would have had something to hate. Wait, wait, wait. Is that J.J. Abrams did Lost, right? Right. Right. Did not. Hey, and and Lost was good until it wasn't. No, no Lost was good for about. Lost was, never Lost was good until it tricked me into thinking it was a sci-fi show, and then was like, "Oh, J.K." Lost I was good until it never was good. Um, no, Lost what is what is a good Netflix show right now, and. It's good at first, and then all of a sudden you're like, what is this baloney, and I hate it. So basically um, just like every other J.J. Abrams yeah, it's, everything. Yeah, it's J.J. Abrams all over the place. He has, he's, he's like TV show slash movie impotent. He starts off really well, and then it just gets really bad really fast. What he and Ryan Murphy. He and Ryan Murphy do the same thing. You're like, oh, that's a really cool and interesting concept. Yeah, I haven't made it through a season of American Horror Story since the first one. Nope. You know what I have been watching, and I and I've been binging on it because it's fantastic. And you know we're just talking about shows now, but if you haven't seen Mr. Robot, oh my God, yes, terrific show. Mr. Robot, like fellow, schizophrenia at its finest. It's wonderful. It's, It's one of the best shows that I have ever seen, and I mean that. I mean that absolutely across the board. It is. It is. It has interesting, realistic characters. It. It is. It's. And the, the thing that got me on it was my friends who are who are coders said this is a show that shows you what it's like to be a real hacker. And so I watched it and I was like, this is amazing. These people are living in terminal and they're writing commands that actually exist. And it's not just, but it's not just staring at a screen because the character, especially the main character, it has, has very interesting internal dialogue. And oh my. Is dealing with, is, is dealing with all kinds of problems, not just personal and relational, you know, but psychological issues that, that he's struggling to deal with. We're two episodes away from the ending, which they had to delay because the last episode mimicked too closely, apparently, I haven't watched it, uh, the shooting in Virginia. And um, I'm just, I'm on, I'm on the edge of my seat with it. I'm going to watch another epi- episode tonight, just even though I should be in bed, because I want to see what happens. Have we all finished the blacklist at this point? Yes. yes. <laughs> awesome, no. right? Sarah! What? Oh my god! What? I don't watch things. You need to watch things. You have a Netflix. I've been yeah. watching other things. You have no excuses. You just watch Peggy Carter over and over again. I bet it. Me? No. no. You know what I'm going to watch over and over again? What? Over and over and over again? What? what? Kenneth Branagh's Artemis Fowl adaptation. Oh, good lord. Yes. I hope if it's good. If it's good. Like, but here's the thing. This is one thing that I think that I'm actually like, okay, I'm comfortable with Disney having that and taking that and making it awesome. Because it's like James Bond for kids with fairies. 
It is, and it's such a good... I mean, the first few books are really, really good. They kind of go downhill later in the series. Um, I forget which number, book. Um, I would say around five. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I'm, I'm worried because it was one of my favorite books when I was younger, like book series when I was younger. But, I mean, Kenneth Branagh is great. So yeah. he makes me hopeful. I don't know. I'm mixed. I'm really mixed. I think that if he continues to be in charge of it, I think he will maintain the... I don't know how to say it. The Britishness of Artemis Fowl. Well, the the heart of it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the fact that it's funny, but it's very, but it's mostly very understated funny. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's a fart joke, and it's hilarious. Right. I love it. Well, it's like the best book series ever for fart jokes. Yep. It's funny because the last um, the last male author that I read before I started my exclusively reading female authors was rereading and then finishing the Artemis Fowl series. Did you ever go through and figure out the code? I did not. I was going to. I, I actually, didn't. <laughs> when the first book came out, um, I met the author. I went to like Barnes and Noble and got like a signed copy from from him, and it was I, ha- I still it's at my parents' house still. It was one of my just one of my favorites. But yeah, I can see it I can see it being the next big set of movies. Well and Kenneth Kenneth Branagh is known for not um Dumbing sim- things down. Yeah, there, he doesn't up, he doesn't say. simplify things. He he's well, yeah. not fucking it up. Look at the first Thor movie. Oh, the first Thor movie is good. Okay. Is you can kiss my ass. Do? Yeah. The, he, and he, the first Thor movie is amazing. Thoriel, man. Thoriel <laughs> and his best because friend Heimdall do stuff. Yeah. Well, let's, let's just face whoever cast Natalie Portman as anyone with a brain has a serious problem. That scared the crap out of me, to be honest with you. You know, if you, if you want to take a look at, at a limited run series on Netflix right now that at first glance makes no sense whatsoever, kind of the same way Mr. Robot does... There's a, a limited series of uh, uh, called Sense Eight. Oh hmm. God, the Wachowski brothers! That we Siblings. didn't even get through two episodes of that before. Siblings. Like, this is the worst. It, oh, Siblings. It, you know what? You need to keep going with it nope, because it was happening. written by Michael J. Straczynski. Doesn't matter. They ruined it. We'll read the book no. and we'll be done with it. It. It's it, well worth watching. Well. See, worth and watching. I found it. Overly complicated. So much gratuitous sex. Like, literally gratu- meaningless sex. Gratuitous everything. I had... I, like, actually sat and I don't... I'm such a fidgety person. I don't usually sit and just, like, stare at the TV and try to make sense of things. I did that with Sense8 and I couldn't. Really? Yeah, it was like a freaking fever dream. I, I mean, and like, fine, you it want was, to show that these characters are trans-lesbians, I guess. Clearly this was written and shot by a dude. Um, but then, all the rest of it, it doesn't build any characters, it doesn't tell you anything. It's just like, oh, we haven't had a sex scene. How far did you get? We haven't yeah, had a sex tr- scene in ten minutes, so... How far did you get? We made it through, I think, three episodes. You know, I, I the, one of my most anticipated shows that's coming out soon um, 
I've been waiting for for a long time, and it's uh, Amazon's Man in the High Castle. Oh yeah. Did you did you guys see the um, the pilot of it? I did. Yes. It was really good, and and that was a tough book to do. It is. It's a very tough book to do, and it's there. There are enough hints that I think that they're going to do Philip K. Dick right. That yep. is a Philip K. Dick book. It is uh, most definitely. I think they're going to do him justice. And, you yeah, know, I love that'll be a first. I no, love it would not be a first, but it's it's well, definitely. Really, which, is, which is the other film that did him justice, please? Blade Runner. I love Blade Runner, and I think yeah. that it's but a great movie. But it really movie. didn't have much to do with the actual book. Well, it did, and then it didn't. It did, and but, it did. So I, I wouldn't say it entirely did him justice because. But like, but I mean the the problem with taking one of his novels and and making it into visual media is that you know there's so much that's cerebral there there's just there's just a lot going on in the in the narrative that that doesn't translate well and that's the thing that man in the high castle is going to have as a challenge when they come out with their entire season because the first episode was setting up the world and the world was rich and interesting and the characters were you know exactly the way that I pictured them in the books. To some book. degree, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as far as you can, because there's not the kind of introspection that you get in the book. Right. But, um, you know, the problem is that that book deals with perceptions of reality, and that's something that's really hard to do in visual media. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what they did. The, their budget was through the roof on it, and the pilot got huge, like, interest and reviews were all were all very positive about it and when when i shared it with friends who are not literary they liked it too and that is an indication that they're doing something right literary friends would probably like it more not having that point of reference that it would be an easier sell yes but and that's where the season that where they go with the first season is really going to hopefully engage those people because after this point when after the first episode when it starts to be a question of what is reality and how is reality created as a social construct that's where things start to get confusing enough that that it might lose people but i'm i'm ready for it i want to see it yeah i agree i agree i like i liked the premiere episode a lot and, you know, a lot of those shows are being developed by companies that aren't, like, I don't know, old world media companies. Right. Uh, you know, with Netflix and Amazon. Netflix has some freaking awesome original programming. They really do. And, you know, I, I've actually given one a second shot lately, other other than Sense8. Uh, Zombrary, and if you remember, we tried to watch a show called Between a while ago. And yeah. it was about this crazy disease that was killing everyone over the age of 22. I think we were just in the wrong mood for it. Yeah, I'm like four or five episodes into it now, and I'm still interested. In a way, like, if you really liked shows like Jericho, you would like it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what we need to talk about now, guys? Um, we need to, James we need to we talk about show. <laughs> Oxymoron. <laughs> Tyler, welcome back. What's up, guys? Uh, and just so you know, Alex is now on the Skype. If you want to add him in, he uh, he let me know 
that he was a little late because he had just finished the last page of Oxymoron, The Loveliest Nightmare. Uh, so just, so like, he needs to send me a contact ago. request. <laughs> uh, or, I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. I'll be happy I'll, uh, to bring him in here. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, a, a few things, uh, I just wanted to say, you know, definitely if you're thinking about going to Granicon or on the fence, go, it's a great show. Alex will actually be there. Uh, and I'm, be uh, there? I, I won't be there this year. Uh, just the con overload and back to back Kickstarters and preparing for New York Comic Con and, and, uh, it's taken its toll. Even, even I have my limits. <laughs> Oxymoron, the loveliest nightmare, is a fucking creep show. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Um what, uh, I gotta find this. Here's, here it is. No, that's not it. Joan is speechless. I'm not speechless, I'm I'm just annoyed. I'm annoyed. I'm, I'm annoyed because uh, <laughs> you have some terrific characters in this book. We first looked at the book and I went, why are we doing another Joker series? Mm. Then I realized we're not doing another Joker series. We've got some very interesting things going on here. This really isn't about anything more than Detective Mary Clark. She's uh, she's definitely the the powerhouse protagonist, and you know I, I worked with writer John Lee's on this one. He um, and and so we were sort of really loving what was going on with Hannibal uh, on the TV show Hannibal. I don't know if you guys have, have talked about that one before uh, on the show, but um, but I know he, he was a big fan of that, and he was sort of coming off. And then Emily was gone, and I, I, I sort of reached out to him, and I said, you know, all right, we've got this oxymoron character. He's been in the series we do called The Red Ten, but I, I think we can uh, sort of pull pull him in and, and uh, sort of do a cerebral police procedural uh, in the vein of a Hannibal or a Seven, where you've got a serial killer obsessed with contradiction, stalking a city, and uh, and and one sort of broken cop who's a bit of a, a contradiction herself uh, is really you know becomes all, all that stands between him and absolute insanity in the city. So, from um, what I recall, though, you have how many how many issues do you have out right now? Just one, just one. Uh, we we soft launched a black and white version where we printed up uh, 300 copies and uh, and sort of soft launched that at New York Comic Con last year. Okay. Um, and okay, and so, may, so maybe the covers I saw were all the same. Issue? Y- yeah, we th- well there was a, a black and white one. It was signed. It was numbered um, for for New York Comic Con last year. And then um, what we we've learned in putting books out in the direct market. Is just that you know, if 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 you don't if you're not don't put out books on a regular schedule, uh, the comic market will will forget about you. You know, yeah, people sure. have already forgot people have already forgot about the books that came out last week, right? So um, what we did is we we put out the first book. You know, worked on our pitches by going to 
going to New York Comic Con and and sort of that's sort of, that's where we honed the sort of high concept pitch, which is uh, what if the Joker came to a Gotham City without Batman? How much hell could a character like that uh, raise? But so that's sort of the sneaky high concept. But when you really get into it, it's Mary Clark who you're going to fall in love with, and you know hopefully she won't break your heart at the end. But uh, and just as a point of clarification because I actually did read the first um, issue and and I'm pretty sure this is true but I want to make sure that I'm right you got it's it. not actually about the Joker it's just a Joker-esque character yeah I mean we're trading and, and we'll go into it we're, we're trading on the visual mo- just the 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 sick, you know, sadistic clown motif, which, uh, which is terrifying. Is, right. It's, you know, I mean, town, <laughs> ask my wife, ask, ask my stepdaughter. Clowns are just plain scary. Even, even nice looking ones. Right. I had a traumatic uh, circus experience. I fully support that. So, you know, so, you know, we're, 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 we're twisting and, and playing with that familiar visual, but, uh, it's sort of a, you know, a, a, a guy with a smile in an all white suit, uh, who is a villain obsessed with contradiction? It just it, it's it's it was a pretty um, just uh, it worked as a visual for for a character and and you know the Axmaran first appeared in the series I do uh, called the Red Ten, which is like a superhero murder mystery. Uh, it's sort of how like a cross between the Justice League and Clue, and so I was trying to find different analogs for characters that you think you know. And and then having dark, do, doing dark twists on all of them. So my sort of Joker slash like you know. Su- uh oh, Tyler, did we lose you? Oh no. Well, so while we've lost Tyler, actually, Alex just sent me his friend request. So let's get Alex in here. We did lose Tyler? I don't know what happened there, but I'll- Alex. Hello, Alex. Tyler, are you hey, hey, I'm here too. Okay, I don't know what happened. You, you there. It looked me? like you hung up, but I, I doubt that you did. No, I was I was still talking, but uh, I guess you, <laughs> you guys hung were up lost. On you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Damn you, Gates! <coughs> exactly. Slash bomber slash. <laughs> All the rest of the idiots. Johnny Ive. So we got <laughs> so, so we got Alex on as well. You do. Hey, hey. So, what what brought you to bring John Lee's in for this story? Uh, you know, <laughs> yo, and Tyler, Tyler, are you back? I'm here. Can you hear Whoa. me? Okay, Some, I don't know what happened there. It looked like you hung up, but I, I doubt that you did. stream on. So. Oh. <laughs> Somebody's trying to listen to us while we're talking. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I hear myself. Yeah. Oh. Slash bomber slash. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Johnny Ive. We've fallen into some sort of odd time warp, I think. We do. Well, let's do it. It's, it's like a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> Blink all over beautiful. again. I'm having a conversation with myself. No, you're having the same conversation with yourself again. Right? Um, so let, let's talk about bringing John Reese. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I mean, John Lee's—he's—he's he's one of the uh, you know up and coming uh, guys in comics right now. If you—if if you're not familiar with, uh, and then Emily was gone, and you like horror, go read it. 
Um, but uh, with the oxymoron character, this is a character that um, after. <laughs> Who doesn't have headphones on? Maybe that's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> now, at this point, Kriana's doing one of two things. Trying to fix it or laughing her ass off in her little room there. Oh, well, both sound fun. <laughs> Is anybody still listening to the, the, the YouTube stream? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Maybe. Alex, do you have headphones on? Uh, you know what? I don't. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. But we can also yeah, I, I can hear you guys just fine. But we can hear all, all of the echo coming from uh, we think uh, you as well. All right, hold on. Let me, let me dig up some headphones. Great. You guys talk amongst yourself. I'll be right back. Great. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, this is. Uh, I mean, you guys, you guys run a tight ship uh, in terms of. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. That's that's the funniest thing that's been said all night. <laughs> um, no, I'm serious. You, uh, you you did run you did run with the booking and all and all that. Uh, but uh, you, you bring on a couple uh, local comic creators, and we just turn it all to shit. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, the question about John Lee's so the oxymoron character. The, the one of the fun things about that character is since almost the beginning, um, it's it's been sort of a, a collaborative effort with a lot of my favorite comic book creators. So back in 2012, I reached out to about ten different uh, writers who are all guys that are sort of up and coming and people whose work I, I admire. And I said, you know, DC's not giving you guys uh, any, uh, any, any, any work yet. So why don't you uh, take this story Bible about a, a sadistic character named uh, the oxymoron who's a, a supervillain obsessed with contradiction and uh, just write me your best, uh, best short. And, um, and so John actually wrote, a, wrote an eight-pager that I drew uh, that was in the hardcover anthology that came out in 2012. Um, and then Alex drew a story in that one as well. And while we had about, you know, 10 different awesome artists, uh, plus me, <laughs> in, uh, in the uh, anthology project, um, you know, Alex, and it's sort of a competition because nobody draws the oxymoron uh, exactly the same, but Man, if if Alex didn't uh, sort of win that competition uh, in wow. terms of drawing the most uh, the most uh, scary oxymoron uh, possible, so um, oh, thank you. Yeah, and uh, and so when uh, I reached out to John because we had been having conversations about how good Hannibal is, and and I know he's you know when it comes to doing dark sort of twisted stories, uh, John Lee's is your man. Uh, so I, I reached, I reached out to him and said, Hey, I've got this idea for sort of stripping away some of the superhero, uh, esque trappings and just doing a straight crime thriller, uh, building upon the, the Mary Clark character who had a eight page short in the anthology as well. And, um, and, and just building upon that and doing it as a straight up police procedural. And, and it's funny that you sort of point her out as being a big, uh, character just because in the first issue and, and sort of 
oxymoron sort of like jaws you know he shows up he shows up a little bit uh peppered throughout but 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 when he does he makes an impact um but uh in talking to john john's like you know i could i could write mary clark and deborah deeney her partner yes uh, police procedural <laughs> stories for the rest uh, you know for, for absolutely for yeah they're so. they're a great they're a great bad buddy cop couple yeah, yeah uh deborah deeney is one of my favorites um, there, there's a shot in a uh, later issue that's probably my favorite drawing in the whole series, and it's just a picture. It's just a drawing of her, and um, but yeah, they're uh, that's that was one of the things I liked about, uh, best about that first script was it was like Jaws, and I remember sitting there reading it, thinking like, oh, these guys are playing it just right. They're like, you're, they're not just jumping in and killing a bunch of people left and right, getting all gory right away. No, we're gonna let's. Take it easy. Take it slow. Introduce this character. Who are these people? Why? Why should we care about any of them? And I thought it. Yeah, the, how they pulled that first issue. I thought it was great. And then it goes crazy after there. <laughs> yeah, well, and then and then can, I, and then can Alex, I just say one thing about yeah. the four, the three covers you have for uh, the first issue? Yeah, uh, they're all creepy as hell. <laughs> Alex, I love yours. I thank really you, thank do. You. Oh my God. I looked at that and I just kind of, you know, that, that forced perspective upside down and you're just sitting there going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's really, it's just a, a very visceral reaction to it. Yeah. I remember they, uh, uh, Tyler sent me an email saying, all right, this is what we want from the color, uh, the cover, uh, oxymoron basically falling from a building. And I didn't know what the story was going to happen. I didn't know anything, what, what they were cooking up. So I was just like, oh, all right, fine. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, he said he's doing a swan dive right off, like, some tall building. And uh, that was, I feel like every time I look at that cover, I'm trying to remember when I drew that. I felt like a long time ago. But, um, yeah, I mean, Oxymoron is definitely probably my favorite character to draw. He's just, every time I, I get to draw him, it's a blast. Yeah, and I think for, for the the series, the loveliest nightmare, and and um, just it's uh, that uh, what's one of the big nightmares or things that happens is you know you're, you're falling and and are you going to hit and and just to have that you know sadistic crazy bastard right. taking a swan dive and 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 loving every minute of it uh, with, a, <laughs> with a you know impossibly red sky in the background. It just it yeah. worked. It worked. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, and, and one of the things I think we're blessed with is just awesome covers for all of the, uh, all of the issues. So Alex is doing, uh, he's, he's doing the A covers and then we have, um, B cover variants by, a uh, a, a, a cadre of, uh, great talent. We've got, uh, Joe, uh, CP Wilson did the, the regular, yeah, CP did a great job on his, uh, yep. Yeah, uh, for, for the, uh, that was the B cover for number one. And, and then Joe Mulvey also did the uh, Larry's comics uh, uh, sort of <laughs> McFar after McFarlane uh, Spider-Man uh, homage cover, which is pretty badass. And and then Joe's got the cover for issue two, uh, the variant for that. Uh, we've got uh, then Joe Mulvey and Cesar Feliciano at Boston Comic Con or wait, no, at Granicon, I That's think it. two years ago did this awesome sort of jam oxymoron piece <laughs> at the at the convention nice <laughs> and so that and it was just so cool it's been it was kicking in my uh in my drawer and uh and i just sort of cleaned it up a little bit and and threw some threw a little bit of uh, effects on it and uh and said it's it's like oxymoron clapping with two severed hands <laughs> 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 and, 
and uh, and that's a bad badass one. And then we've got yeah. uh, Ian Laurie from uh, and then Emily was gone uh, doing the cover for issue number four, which is another awesome one. So collaborations like this usually end up in one of two ways. It either ends up like everybody's totally on the same page and the end of it is bigger than the sum of its parts, or it's like everybody's grumbling the entire time. <laughs> and I think you've both kind of been yeah. in both situations at one point or another. So how, how did this one, how did you bring this one together and make it work so well? Uh, that's a good one. I mean, you know, Alex, uh, Alex has been for the past, uh, past couple, I mean, several months he's been, he's been at the, at the, uh, the grindstone. So I'm sure he's been cursing us and, and, you know, th- th- there's some parts in the script, I think where, where John or myself, right. All right, Alex, you're really going to hate me for this one. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and right. And I'll say, you know, here's a 12 panel grid. And yeah. so Alex will come back with a big F you and, and do it 16 panels. And say, there you go. <laughs> There's one of them you can see. Uh, I snuck in a little uh, middle finger to, uh, to you guys that uh, someone's getting like something's happened to somebody. I don't want to give it away. But yeah, uh, keep an eye out. You'll see a big, big hand and then there's just a big middle finger. It's like, you know what? You guys. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> we're going to have to do a contest at some point, Alex, t- uh, for just, um, you know, have readers at the end of the series. And maybe we'll do this for for the last issue or something. You know, it, 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 whoever can find the most Comics Tribe Easter eggs <laughs> that are oh, pl- yeah. that are buried <laughs> in the series, because Alex just absolutely I mean, you could tell he's having a piss <laughs> like like do, doing this thing and uh, taking a piss at it because because, uh, you know, there's mob scenes and you're like, oh, Oh, crap there's there's joe mulvey oh, oh and there's there's john lee's and and there's alex himself oh all right yeah i'm, I'm probably in there somewhere i know you're in there Tom. He's, he's drawing retailers in there it's just a, <laughs> it's uh it's pretty yeah there's one that uh references uh the uh, free comic book day uh scam issue where uh in the first story that uh i think uh joe mulvey i know he illustrated i think uh jason Cheramella, i think he wrote it right yep 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 yeah, so uh, there's uh, like a news bulletin going by, and like on the bottom, like ticker, there's a reference to that story. Like that's going on somewhere else in uh, the comic book world. At the same time, this oxymoron story is going on in this part of the world. Yeah, but and, and that's something we've sort of done with the comics tribe brand. Like like we we want all our books to be. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to know anything to to, to jump in. Uh, you right. can sort of just just start, uh, and, and and they're sort of continuity light. But if you are reading our other series, uh, you know you will uh, on a deeper read or on a deeper deeper thing, you'll see some things and sort of to, to make it feel a little bit more cohesive. But definitely, you don't need backstory. You can just jump right. on, and these are clear jumping on points. That's a good thing with this series. With uh, I mean, Oxymorons, uh, you start off in the Red Ten. He had his own anthology, but if you haven't read those, and I suggest you do read those because they're great, but uh, if you haven't, I mean, and you're just picking this up, it's, yeah, it's like you said, it's fine not to know those other things. This is just its own kind of story and, you know, that everything else is kind of like icing on, th- on the cake, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. What made you decide to only go uh, a four-episode arc on this? You know, uh, it's a good question. Um, I, I, think- I get them every once in a while. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so... We're taking the approach of a, a series of arcs for this uh, sort of the oxymoron character. So right now, um, we're sort of putting the finishing touches on 
uh, the next oxymoron anthology, which is Killing Time, and it's sort of a uh, oxymoron decides to go on a time jumping. He, he kidnaps a foul-mouthed chrono fairy and goes on a time jumping adventure to uh, wrong the rights of history, um, and and so that's sort of a definitely a palate cleanser from 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 this, and just kind of a different that that's you know a change up after this fastball, um, but eventually we'll come back to the this world and sort of pick up where things left off. Um, but I, th I think the, the reality of independent comics is, you know, it, it, it's tough to, like, we can't compete with a Marvel and DC with a big apparatus and, and large ed editorial teams and, and, you know, page rates that can sustain everything <laughs> because the books, <laughs> you know, the, the books just don't sell what, what they, what they need to sell right off the bat to, you know, to, to support an ongoing, um, and, and so we'd rather tell a complete story so that you can come in, um, get, read it monthly, get hooked into the world. Um, and, and then, you know, when it's complete, you've got a satisfying stopping point and then we can come back. And, and so to sort of take more of a serial and a, and a, uh, th that sort of standpoint to it. So, um, we went with four issues. We went a little bit longer in terms of page count. Uh, the first three issues are 24 pages. We actually went a, a 28 page final issue. Um, so, you know, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck, um, but it's going to tell, uh, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to read a satisfying start to end thematic story here. Um, and then where we pick up next time, when we pick up next time, um, with the Mary Clark story, we'll, 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 we'll jump ahead in, in the future a little bit. Um, but I think also, you know, Comics is a, is a tough business, and, and we didn't really know what kind of reaction we were going to get uh, when this book launches. So, you know, it, it's, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, we're going to do a 15-issue series. If nobody likes or, or buys <laughs> or, or reads issue one, well, how, how many copies are you going to get read of uh, issue 15, right? See, but here's the deal. You think that this is a book about this uh, serial killer. I think this is a book about Mary Clark. Somebody else thinks it's a buddy comedy drama about this good cop, bad cop. Uh, you've got some great characters. It's great characters. It's beautifully drawn. It's, oh, it's just a really well, well crafted. I'm looking forward to uh, episodes three and four. Oh, uh, where, where, do where do you get a look at number three? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, but <laughs> yeah. for right now, I got to say, uh, guys, this is really a special, special series that I'm enjoying the hell out of. It's Tyler James, Alex McCormack, and it is called Oxymoron, The Loveliest Nightmare. Thank you, guys. This has been fun. Hey, thank you. Kriana, what do we got going on for the next couple of weeks? All right. Kriana? Can you hear me now? Now yes. I can! <laughs> cool, well, I lost my tab, so I'll tell you in just a moment in that case. Can only, I can only push so many buttons at once, I know, I know. So, I heard that. next week is Vivek J. Tiwari talking about, I have no idea. Um, the fifth beetle. Still not on the calendar. And... Um, after that, sometime in October, we're talking to um, Madeline Holly Rosing about the Boston Metaphysical Society, her new Kickstarter, and how awesome her Tesla pins are. 
Um, that's all I got for now. So you're Sarah. Yes. Well, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, booksandbooze.com, and comicarthouse.com. Visit comicarthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on lawrencemademecry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Dome. I want to thank our guests, Chris the Animal Proof from GraniteCon, Tyler James and Alex Cormack from Oxymoron, and, and some great stuff going on there as well. I want to thank our cast for sneaking in when they damn well pleased. <laughs> from the Revered Time <laughs> Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and woman of words, Zombrarian. Thank you, ladies. It's our own personal galaxy quest. Thank you, Sir Sarah. Good luck at school tomorrow. Thanks. Back from the shadows into the yogurt, sneaking in and out on his iPhone. Thank you, Java. No problem. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. I know.